Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Hello, Miss Keegan. Hello, hello. Hi. How are you doing? Well, I was just telling you I'm incredibly hungover. Um, You're still hungover, though? Oh, girl, I get hungover for days after I drink. That is no good. Yeah, so I... (laughs) Both Max and I have just been like the biggest lazy butts in the world today. Our whole, like, our bodies are sore. I was throwing up for like five hours. Um, I just feel, I feel like hell. <laughs> you know, I, that's, I, hangovers are the absolute worst. They really, really fucking suck. Um, but at least you had the day off, I'm assuming. I was supposed to work for a couple of hours and I was like, I'm sick. Um, which I was like, if I were, were to have gone to work, T would have had to like spend his time holding my hair back in the toilet. So yeah, I hear um, you. I mean, we were both up super early because here in LA, we had like a 4.5 earthquake in the valley where we both I slept live. through it. I slept through I, it. I, I literally don't know how you slept through it. I don't know if it was stronger in Sherman Oaks. Um, spoiler alert, that's where I live. Um, but <laughs> I don't know if it was stronger here, but there was a boom and then the whole room shook for like a full 10 seconds. My cats lost their fucking minds. It was like, yeah, I mean, I think it must have been big because one of my best friends lives just like a mile down the road from me and it woke her up and she just moved to L.A. in the fall. She's my friend from home and she'd never experienced a big earthquake before. And so she was freaking out. And my other friend Kate wasn't home. So she was by herself and she was like, oh, my gosh, I don't like this. Dude, I mean, um, it does up your anxiety. And then we had like rolling aftershocks and like anytime anything shook, it was like me and my cat Hicks were like, what was that? What's happening? That's so I'm so super tired because I've been up since 4.30. <laughs> yeah, I've been up you since know? 5. But you know what? I've been waking up at 5 every single day for the last few weeks, every night. And it was 3 a.m. in the beginning of quarantine. And now it's 5 because I'm going to bed a little bit later than I was in the beginning of quarantine. But it's like I sleep for five hours and then I'm up. And it takes me like an hour to get back to sleep. It's no, the most obnoxious thing sleep. ever. I love sleeping. Girl, so I much. love sleep too. But when I wake up at 5 a.m., sleep does not come to me very easily again. It's Ugh. so weird. I'm just like stuck being awake for a while. But I have found that if I put a podcast in, I actually found, I don't know what the show name is, so I can't plug it, but I found this podcast where it, I think I just Googled like sleep meditation or something podcast. And it was just this very soothing voice reading like old fairy tales. So I fell asleep listening to uh, someone reading Peter Pan. I think like the, the original calm, the call map has a lot of stuff like that. It's like 80 bucks, stories. Keegan. It is like $80. Calm? Yeah. Mm. For a year. Yeah. I was going to do that too because um, there was a few people that Max and I were like, oh, that would be so fun to fall asleep to these voices. And I looked it up and I'm like, I'm not spending this money for a year subscription for celebrities to put me to sleep. 
I don't need one more subscription service. I don't yeah. need one more thing. I've got I enough. Don't, I don't need one more thing taking my money out without me realizing it. Yeah, exactly. Ugh, um, God. Well, let's get started on the stories of the day today. Yes. I only have one thing in an effort to keep us at that 30-minute mark because... Listeners, we are recording two episodes today. Yes, so, we are. <laughs> trying to keep it concise. Well, I wanted to bring up really quick that uh, Herman Cain passed away today <laughs> on Thursday. Oh, and man. My brother was totally on board the Herman Cain train when he ran for president. Well, um, he's... He's an interesting fella. He calls himself an ABC candidate, which means an American black conservative candidate. And he's uh, he's an interesting one. He kind of seems like he would be a good Trump counterpart. Uh, like as a VP? Or what do you uh, mean? Yeah, like it seems like they have like a like a lot of the same... Uh, like political views, but he just doesn't seem like he's not as big of an asshole. Obviously, well, he's smarter. Is the yeah. thing like Herman Cain? Of course, like politically, we disagree completely. Yeah. Um, but he is a smart guy. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother, who was very conservative at the time, I come from a very conservative family. I remember him running for president vividly because the thing, his thing that like young people clung on to because there's always this effort to make conservative people seem hip and cool was right. his, his slogan was rock me like a Herman Cain. <laughs> oh my. Wait, why is that supposed to be cool and trendy? I feel like that's like super dated that's not gonna get the young kids that's gonna get like the 50 year olds it is dated but it is one of those things where it's just like oh you you can put your name into like a fun song right so people don't forget who you are um but yes when i saw he died this morning i sent it to you know my friends and everybody was like who and i'm like i remember herman cain yeah i mean i remember him a little bit but i'm not as like I didn't I didn't recall quite as much. But as I was reading about who he was, I was like, oh, I remember this guy. But the irony to his death is, while obviously heartbreaking and sad because he For was his loved family, by many people. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But he did something that is so stupid. Uh, he went to Trump's rally in Tulsa earlier this With his family, year, dumb as fuck. With his family and... He says that he wore a mask, but yet he posted all these pictures on social media where he's like, you know, shaking hands and in crowds of people and he is not wearing a mask. So I would assume that he probably wasn't wearing one. He was pretty vocal um, here semi recently about how people are fed up with wearing masks, not out and out saying that you shouldn't wear masks, but kind of insinuating that if you don't want to, it's okay. Like that was kind of the underlying message that I took in anyway. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, it's just not good. But that's the thing, you know, when I remember toward the beginning of this pandemic, you know, you, you made that joke where it was like, well, then just let them die. If they're not if they're not going to do it, let them, and I was like, no, don't say that. And I've totally changed my mind since then. And I'm like, you know what? I we feel have like all the information we've reversed now. a little bit. <laughs> Did we really? Because I'm like, there is so much information out there and this has now been going on for over four months. If you fuckers still don't get that you have to wear a mask, like I have no sympathy for you. Well, and especially when you're old. So I guess we, d- we didn't actually explicitly yeah. say this. So Herman Cain did die from complications of coronavirus. Yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> in his 70s. He was 74. Um, so yes. he, was, he was older. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, I was going to say really quick, do you see old people at restaurants all the time in your area? Like sitting outside at restaurants? I don't go anywhere. <laughs> so I almost never do. But whenever I have seen people outside, it's been mostly young people. Oh, man. I just, but I don't know. Max and I had to swing by his work and there's like this like really cute looking restaurant right across from where he works. And it's apparently just always like filled to the brim with old people. <laughs> That's wild to me. I do feel like old people have this kind of like, I feel like they feel like they can will themselves out of any situation. Right. And it's just, it just doesn't work like that. I mean, what I saw last weekend, we drove down Ventura and there were just tables all outside, out, oh, yeah. outside restaurants. And it was all like young people acting like nothing was happening. And right. I was like, what's what's going on here? But yeah, I mean, I feel like there is this mindset amongst people of a certain generation, usually boomers and older. Right. <laughs> um, where they truly think that nothing can affect them or they just don't care. It's very difficult to say. Yeah. I wonder, too, if there's this thing with them where it's just like, this might be the most morbid thing that I've ever said, but it's like, well, I'm so close to death. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just feel like people, especially if the I older die, generation, I die. like if I die, I die. But also, I just don't think those people realize how painful of a death this is. Like, this isn't just like the flu and then you're gone. Like, this is an incredibly painful. I wouldn't even want to die from the flu, to be honest. No. I mean, those are not like die in your sleep, comfortable ways to die. I mean, if he, in fact, con contracted COVID in Tulsa, I mean, that means he's been sick for over a month. Right. Which is, you know, it's just, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't love it. I hope that the rest of his family is okay. I oh my hope gosh, that, yeah. The other people at the rally, as dumb as I think they are for having gone, I don't wish anybody to die in a well, horrible that's way. The thing. But yeah, it's like it's not wishing, but it's also just right. I'm at this consequences. Point where, yeah, I'm like you've made this decision for yourself, like and for you, others, and for others. Like it just it doesn't make any sense for me. And the whole mask debate, which I think is hilarious. Did you Should watch not the John even, Oliver? It's not a debate, you dumb fuckers um but did you no. watch okay so there's this really funny part in now this where it's people just saying mask debate over and over and over again it sounds like they're saying masturbate and it's so fucking funny um Dude. but like the thing it's just so bizarre because like even like my mom's friends my mom is almost 70 her friends are around the same age she went out with like one of her best girlfriends and her friend wasn't wearing a mask and she was and her friend was like making fun of her the whole time for wearing. Oh, that's a huge thing in the Midwest. Like I hear stories like that all the time happening in Missouri where people don't feel comfortable going out in masks because they feel like they're going to be ridiculed by the anti-maskers. They're going to be harassed, it's which is such insane. Bull. And I'm, I'm so proud of my mom because her friend was, I guess, just like making fun of her all day that they were together and she's like I'm keeping it on I'm keeping it on and that frustrated me because I was like do you not care enough about my mom to put a mask on because my mom wearing a mask means that she can't infect you but if you're not wearing a mask you can still infect my mom more easily right. so mm -hmm. this person is like that to me that's just what makes sense if you care about the people in your life and you want to keep them alive but they the don't like it's because that's that's the narrative that I've continued to push is that 
it's about kindness. It's the kindest thing that you can do for your community, for the people you love, for the people around you. And let me tell you, like, masks, I don't like them. They're sweaty. They're uncomfortable. I get the arguments for, like, oh, I've been yeah, breaking I have a hard like time. crazy. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> I have a hard time breathing. Like, I, I know what you're saying. I don't. I've seen people say like, oh, you're exaggerating how hard it is to breathe. Like, no, it is. It gets like hot in there. And I understand that. But still, it is a a small price to pay to operate safely in the world and protect your community and the people around you. It's about kindness and compassion for other people. And if you're not wearing one, I am going to assume that you are an unkind human being exactly you're a bad person that's what I'm going to assume (laughs) yeah oh exactly exactly the same thing I judge you very very harshly if you are not wearing a mask and there's been I mean my neighbors haven't worn them the whole time and this is the thing that I don't understand because like to me like I know me and Max have like 20 masks I swear and I have just like a plethora of options when I go to work what outfit am I wearing what mask am I going to put with it like I don't like it's fun. It it's an fun added accessory. Yourself. Exactly. Make and it fun I, for yourself. I did the same thing. I went to Target because I was wearing the same black mask everywhere. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? It's time to switch it up. We're going to be doing this probably for the rest of the year. So I yep. went to Target. I bought some fun ones, you know, make there's, it fun for yourself. Yeah. There's a great company in L.A. called Braddock. And they I guess they're like a T-shirt company. And they've been using their shirts uh, to make masks during the pandemic and we have like 10 of theirs now and they're so soft they're all tie-dyed they're super cute and it's it that's a mask for me that I can wear all day it does get hot now in the summer but I can I can have that on all day without it feeling like scratchy or uncomfortable and I just I really like that brand of masks a lot yeah so I mean Herman Cain listen I don't mean, you know, we don't mean to sound cold. Of course, you're a human being. You had family who loved you. And it sucks that you had to die in such a terrible way. But well, and it sucks that you didn't love that he didn't love his family enough to do something so simple to say. And I hope and I hope that they're okay. Yeah. Oh, I do hope that they're okay. So of course. Um, Well, that's all I have for that. Can I take a guess as to what you're going to talk about? Because I think it's the same thing as mine. Are we going to be talking about Trump's tweets from this morning about the mail-in ballots and everything? Really? (laughs) No, but um, we should definitely touch on that for sure. So what I wanted to talk about since it's been trending and I'm sure everybody knows about it is the black and white photo challenge. Ah, yes. So I received like four of these. I got one from you and I almost never participate in in nomination things um i I decided to this time and i'll explain why so uh, you get a thing in your inbox it's usually on instagram and it says i'm here to nominate you because you're an amazing woman um there's a woman empowerment challenge going around instagram i was careful to choose who i think will meet the challenge but above all who i know shares this type of thinking among women there are several criticisms instead we should take care of each other we are beautiful the way we are. Post a photo in black and white alone, written challenge accepted, and mention my name. Identify 50 women to do the same in private. I choose you because you're beautiful, strong, incredible. Let's love each other. So, uh, um, which is, I'm going to interject really quick. So, I was sent this by a friend of mine, and I read that. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, it's just, I'm posting a black and white photo. It's just going to say challenge accepted. I had seen a couple other people post it. I didn't know it was like a big thing. So I was just like, all right, fine. Like, I'll post it. And then 
continue <laughs> with yeah what, no I'm not I'm not shading for. this at all like you know no, I, but it's I don't, a well-intentioned thing for sure what you're about to say I think needs to be put in the description of the challenge if that's what it's fucking for well okay so we'll talk about it a little bit so as late as Tuesday so I was reading articles and prep for this episode and as late as Tuesday CNN had no idea they were like there's a woman empowerment thing going around on Instagram. There's a lot of black and white photos going on around and there was no real in-depth conversation about what this was. So I didn't post it first, but on Wednesday, the word got around about what the challenge was really about. And so at that point, I was like, okay, I'll post a black and white photo and then I'll do like a second photo that is kind of talking about what this challenge is. So New York Times journalist uh, Tariro Mezebwa tweeted that she spoke to women in Turkey who said that it began as a response to them being frustrated over always seeing black and white photos of women who have been killed. So now we're kind of, and, and, and so they were frustrated by seeing it taken as this kind of like lighthearted expression of female solidarity in the United States. Right. When in originally in Turkey, the campaign was inspired by not only the soaring rates of violence against women, but also the brutal murder of a 27-year-old student named Pinar Gultekin. Pinar Gultekin. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her last name right. But we do our best. We do our best. And I actually did watch videos hoping that they would say her name out loud, and they didn't, so I couldn't figure out a translation well that's just another problem in and of itself yes um her story is very sad so she had just graduated college i watched an interview with her dad who said that he had plans he talked to her on the phone and he had plans to pick up his daughter from school and instead he brought her body back so on the date that he was supposed to pick her up and bring her home um he ended up bringing her body back Of all of her siblings, Pinar was the only one who was literate. She wanted to be a politician, and her parents had planned to send her to America or Britain this year to continue her studies. Her mom says that raising her daughter was difficult because the family didn't have very much money, and so the mom did all kinds of odd jobs like knitting to afford education for Pinar. So it's a really sad situation. And then she's suspected to have been murdered by her ex-boyfriend. So she was reported missing on July 16th. And then he led authorities to the body in the forest five days later. Wow. I won't go into details about her death, but just know that it was horrible. If you want to know about it, you can read about it. Mm -hmm. But Turkish police have now arrested her ex-boyfriend on homicide charges. And after she was, she's beautiful. Like if you, you know, Google pictures of her, she's beautiful. We'll post them on our Instagram. But protests broke out in Turkey after her death gained media attention. Women's rights activists are calling on the government to take a stand against widespread domestic violence in the country, which was exacerbated by coronavirus lockdown. So like we said, you know, at the beginning of this pandemic, the number of um, domestic violence incidents went up drastically and Turkey is no different. So the murder appeared as kind of like a last straw where women were feeling increasingly endangered. So to give you kind of a point of reference, in 2019, 474 women were killed. 
And that is a 200% increase from the 237 women that were killed in 2013. And it's estimated that so far in 2020, at least 146 women have been murdered. So, um, and we're only, you know, halfway through the year. So these protests erupted in Turkey and the protesters were met with tear gas and rubber bullets. Sounds of course they were. So this person said, this Twitter user, Turkish Twitter user, at Iman Patel, she said that she was seeing the message get diluted from her international friends who were posting the hashtag women empowerment um, hashtag on these black and white photos. So she explained on Twitter, she said, Turkey is one of the top countries when it comes to femicides. Most often the murderers barely get a slap on the wrist or no charges at all. Our government is trying to abolish certain aspects of the Istanbul Convention, which is a human rights treaty that protects women against domestic violence. Turkish people wake up every day to see a black and white photo of a woman who has been murdered on their Instagram feed, on their newspapers, on their TV screens. The black and white photo challenge started as a way for women to raise their voice, to stand in solidarity with the women we have lost, to show that one day it could be their picture that is plastered across news outlets. So, I mean, and then that same um, New York Times reporter tweeted as well, saying that the hashtags about domestic violence and femicide that were originally on the Turkish posts were dropped from the, um, you know, international Western posts to have just the women empowerment hashtags. The original hashtags, um, I'm not going to try and say them in Turkish, but they translate roughly to say no to violence against women and enforce the Istanbul Convention, and they've since been buried under the flood of hashtag women empowerment, hashtag women supporting women. Hashtags. Yeah, this is this is just my my question. Then is like, I mean, I get how it got diluted. I understand that you know this hashtag. Uh, what did it sound like? It was maybe like a like a government thing that they were trying to bury it, or what do you think? Well. I've heard that some, um, that that is a theory, that Uh it's possible that it was buried um, intentionally. For instance, when I posted mine, I I added a Instagram account that I will also tag in our post on Instagram. And the reason why it was said to look at that Instagram account is because the government in Turkey does tend to monitor uh, a lot of the media that goes out. However... Mm -hmm. There are some people who do not believe that this is the origin of this challenge that we're seeing right here, which I also think is possible. Like, it is possible that Turkey had their own black and white photo po- like challenge right. going on, and then we had a second one going on um, because... There's another New York Times reporter, Taylor Lorenz, and she insisted on Twitter that the hashtag women empowerment trend did not originate in Turkey, pointing out the fact that black and white photos accompanied the hashtag challenge accepted have emerged on social media before. Um, And in 2016, they were meant to spread cancer awareness. And she said, over the years, the photo trend has also been used to spread positivity uh, and that she believes that the latest round was born 
from Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez speaking out against Representative Ted Yoho's sexist remarks on the floor Mm. of Congress last week, which is what I thought when I saw it. Um, that's what I thought because everyone was sharing AOC's speech right. and I was like, okay, we're standing up for each other right. and that's kind of what I thought. So I do think that that's possible. Right. However, and, that's, and that's what I thought of it too because I was like, well, yeah, I'll, I'll post a photo. Like this sounds yeah, great. Yeah, totally. You know, whatever. Yeah, but so many people in Turkey stand by the fact that they believe that this challenge emerged from what they are doing in Turkey. They may have been two separate challenges that have now kind of been um, merged. Right. But either way, I do think that is it is an important topic to discuss what's happening in Turkey. Yeah. Uh, so if this brings attention to that, that's fine. Um, it is. It just, I don't know, it kind of makes people stop and think about performative activism. Mm -hmm. If that's what this is for, then like, let's make sure that we are also talking about that. But it's difficult to say what the origin of anything is on the internet. Right, right. Yeah, I I guess for me, it's just like if I'm going to be sent something and participate in something, I want to have all of the information. Because that's just the thing is like, nowhere in that you know, thing that was direct message sent to me, did it say anything about people in Turkey or the women, right. the femicide I, in Turkey? And yeah. for, that was what frustrated me because I'm like, well, I already participated in this and I didn't have all of the information. Not that I, you know, wouldn't have otherwise, but like, right. I just wish that I would have had a, a more clear reason for why it was going on. I don't like the shaming because I've seen some shaming happening on right. like Instagram where people are like, why would you participate in this thing without knowing? Or why didn't you talk about the women in Turkey? Or like, because nobody knew. So right. it, don't go and shame people for something that they didn't know. We can't possibly know everything that's happening around the world ever. And it's good that we know it now. Now we are more educated about a topic. And I do actually, I think I do fall kind of in the camp that these were two separate challenges or two separate movements that kind of happened at the same time. But with that said, I'm glad that we are having this conversation. I'm glad that it has brought the issue of femicides in Turkey to the forefront. You know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I we're kind of getting close to a half an hour here, so I'll just mention this really quickly. But there was a tweet that Donald Trump came out with this morning, basically talking about how, you know, this mail in voting is going to rig the election and all this kind of stuff. And I saw a lot of people start to get really, really scared on Instagram and on social media, you know, about because he was talking about wanting to move the election date or, you know, all this stuff. And so I did some research. And thankfully, just because Trump wants to move the election date doesn't mean that he can. So that's one thing that, you know, is kind of taken care of. It's written into our Constitution that the election is like the first, like after the first Friday of November or something like that. And so he cannot, he doesn't have the authority to do that. They would have to go through the House, I believe, for the date for the voting to be changed. And the other thing that is so fucking dumb about this guy like we'll add this to the list is he's talking about he says something about how like mail-in ballots are bad but um oh what's the absentee ballots are not Mm. and i'm like it's the same fucking thing bitch it it is the same thing um (laughs) you know he probably says that you know as a means not to insult our military because they oftentimes vote absentee right um but it is, it's the same process. For me, 
I'm not scared that he's going to move the date of the election. It's scary that he's threatening to, but I'm not I'm not worried about that happening. What I'm worried about is that he is doing everything in his power to make it appear and to put to plant a seed in his followers in his base's mind yeah. um mind that this the results of this election will be fraudulent that right. is what no he matter said what. in that yeah. tweet where he was just like if we have mail-in voting this will be the most corrupt the most fraudulent election yeah. in history and so what worries me is that i believe that he knows there's a very good chance that he will lose in november and he is trying to set it up in such a way that he will not accept it because right. he's already said i watched an interview with him where he literally said that he is not going to say right now that he will accept the results of the yeah. election yeah well um, and then i read something this morning where it said and I, I don't have it in front of me so i can't remember everything it's but somehow it ended up that nancy pelosi would be the president if well yes yes i was yeah, that's like what, what happens if if he if there is no result yeah it, you know then it goes to the speaker of the house which would be nancy pelosi he doesn't want that no. I, and i don't even think that that's his goal i really well, don't i mean I, it's a weird threat i heard but another i heard another theory uh some critics are also saying that maybe he's trying to divert attention from the 150,000 dead americans uh-huh, because of, of his poor leadership in this oh, pandemic yes. so for him to be like it's such a classic like gather the troops trump like tweet you know of like just getting his yes. base worried about yet another thing and creating more and more fear and that's another thing that i wanted to touch on really really quickly um, I was doing some research about like the best way to talk with a Trump supporter, because especially th- since both of you and I have Trump supporters in our families that we love, uh, it kind of, you know, I was reading, it was an Instagram post, so I'll share it on our page, but it was like saying that there's been like research that shows that the actual like look and structure of our brains between conservatives and liberals are different. Uh, This was found on psychiatryonline.org. It says that brain scans show that people who self-identify as conservative have larger and more active amygdalas, which is responsible for expressing and processing fear. Research shows that people get more conservative when they feel threatened or afraid. So he's playing into the fear right now of his base. Oh, yes. And then it's saying that. and, And then so essentially the end of this was like there is no way to... Uh, you know, change somebody's mind. But no, they say if you are going to have a conversation, they say to speak from the heart, focus on your own experience because they can't argue it if it's something that you've experienced. Keep coming back to the essential point and then also feel free to disengage. Uh, yeah, because my my feeling is a, a couple things. Um, one, anybody who still is a Trump supporter at this point, I don't know that there's anything you can say or do. I really don't. No. And I, I hate to be defeatist in that way, but they've watched him literally fuck up at every turn, um, say the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Well, but that's the thing that some people like him. about him. Like they talk about that. This, he's like, dumb. Like, well, that he isn't afraid to say what's on his mind. It's this whole okay, thing I was but reading about. His like, mind is stupid, though. Like, that's I the know, thing. But is people just like, like, he's stupid. But he just says, but do you remember that, like, when he first got elected, that people were like, yeah, buddy, I respect that he speaks his mind. He says it how it is. And, like, and it's but not I true. But I understood that then yeah. way more than I understand it now, because the things that he's saying are literally 
dumb like right, they're dumb but, like he's but as he must be low but has he groomed his base to the point where it doesn't matter you know I, what I mean like I it, think that they are holding on to a few things and it is fear and white supremacy right and if you're holding on to those things then the rest of it doesn't matter like it just doesn't matter which is why there's no real arguing with somebody right. like that there just you, isn't have you heard um, David Diggs? He's in this rap group called Clippers, I think, or Clip. I don't know what it's called, but I just read about it online and listened to the song before I came on uh, to record. It's called Chapter 319, and it's really good. I guess there's some trend on TikTok right now, which is where I first heard it, of people. It's a part of the song where he calls Trump a white supremacist. And if you vote for Trump, you're a white supremacist, full stop. Like that's kind of one of the lines in it. And that's yes. kind of become a trend on TikTok. It's and a it great doesn't song matter. if you haven't heard it. It doesn't matter if you're white or not, because I bet you my dad, who's black, will vote for Trump again. Well, right. I, I mean, look at, will. look at Herman Cain. But you, you know don't I mean? have to be a white person to be a white supremacist. Right. We have internalized racism, Trauma, conditioning, years of colonialism. Well, yeah, uh, and, that's and, ingrained in us now. Yeah, and learning to assimilate. I feel you know what I mean. It's like going with a side that is damaging to your community for your own protection. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and I also feel like they don't feel like it's their community. I feel right. like because I've, I've met Mexican people born in Mexico who are United States citizens who like Trump and will vote for Trump. And yeah, I, I think it's because they think that they're different. They're special. Mm. They're better. No. You know what I mean? And um, it's a sad it's a sad way of thinking. But that is what it is. I'm very scared about what will happen in November. I think it will not be peaceful no matter which way it goes. Oh, no. It's going to be a shit show no matter what. There's He's not going to go easily. Peacefully. No, he and won't if he go peacefully. Wins, he's not going to win lightly. Like, either way, everything's going to be horrible. There's going to be violence either yeah. way. And There's going to be protests, does, violence. If he does lose, which I'm starting to believe more and more that he will. Yeah. Um, but if he does lose... I'm very worried about what's going to happen between November and January because he will know he's lost and he will uh -huh. still be the president for a couple of months. It's so horrifying. Just brace yourselves, y'all. Just seriously. It's, um, yeah. It could it, get scary. It's going to get scary. I know yeah. it is. Like this yeah. year is just a, it's a shit show on fire. Like it's just awful. Yeah. <sighs> well, that is a great way to conclude this episode. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. If you guys have anything that you would like for us to discuss on our What's in the News episodes, go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. You can go ahead and follow us and direct message us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. We have a Twitter that we sometimes use at Yamp Podcast. Y A N F Podcast. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can rate and review us on the business page and you can chat with the other listeners on the group page. You can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it and you will be featured on Instagram for Reviews Day Tuesdays. And last but certainly not least, if you don't already, listen to us on Radio Public. It's not going to hurt you. It's free. It helps us out a little bit. You've heard the spiel hundreds of times by now. You know the drill. All right. With all of that being said, we encourage you to Ray Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.